if you're not into oral sex, keep your mouth shut. Just not on this show. Welcome to Gay Talk 2.0, the ultimate podcast for your dose of dish. God, I hope for lot li- for like live sake, I'm actually recording, going live, doing this, doing the stream, doing all of that good stuff. But we are back for another episode of Gay Talk 2.0, an LGBT podcast, streaming live on GayTalk20.com forward slash live stream. You can access our live stream every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can do so by just going to our darn website because it's gaytalk20.com. Anyway, my name is Tom, and I'm your host, and our guest today, of course, returning after a very long hiatus, we're super excited to have him back, is Dr. Evan Goldstein, who's here to discuss Future Methods' latest release and all of the new stuff that's coming out. I'm excited to have him. My name is Tom, and I'm your host, and as always, I'm in the studio with my amazing co-host, starting with the first one. Hey, y'all, Nick or Trish. And Jay Bear, a.k.a. Your boyfriend's boyfriend. And welcome you all to our dish section, which will happen on the second, on the second, you know, <laughs> I, part of the show. I do want to say, though, um, happy birthday to you and you and And me. you. Yes. That's right. And there is a reason why it is our birthday. Uh, it is March 8th. We launched our podcast on March 7th of 2016. So it is absolutely seven years that we've been live on the air and bringing you gay talk um, week after week. Well, mm-hmm. we've taken a couple of weeks off here and there, but yeah. nonetheless, um, it's been an honor to do that uh, week after week. And um, we show no no signs of stopping. Yeah, and we honestly, we couldn't keep doing it if it weren't for people like Dr. G, who definitely rejuvenates our aging assholes. So thank you. <laughs> so um, speaking so of speaking of Dr. G, so we're doing something a little bit different. Normally, we would bring you the dish and we would talk about some of the stories that we have lined up for all of you folks. But we're going to flip that as we've done in the past. And we're going to invite Dr. G to join us first and then we'll do the dish on the second half so dr g how the hell are you i am good how are you happy birthday congratulations Thank you guys you. are spreading the gospel how yes. fucking awesome is that yes we gospel. are the gay gospel we're here don't say that too loud because you know those um <laughs> right wingers might get a little too crazy <laughs> <laughs> but no, I couldn't do what I'm doing without uh, without you guys spreading the word. I think it's uh, it's so important uh, for from a popular press perspective and podcasting and pushing. You know, there's only so much that I could do in the office, but by having everybody talk the narrative of you know dispelling myths of anal sex, looking at all of our biases, and kind of figuring out where we are sexually. You know, I tell people. We only have one life, and if you want it up the ass, the goal is let's get it to the best possible place that it could be. Amazing. And, you know, your your team and Future Method have launched many, many advanced, amazing products over the past two and a half, three years. 
You know, you started with the anal douche, uh, which was revolutionary in, in in its own way. And little by little, you've been incorporating all of these different aspects and, and, and products from probiotics to a powdered version of your your anal douche that's very travel friendly. Or your travel inconvenience. And <laughs> now you're giving us, you know, uh, uh, amazing glass butt plugs. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Yeah, so you know the toys. I don't know. Can you see them up here? They're so pretty. They're so shiny. So our our viewers are able to see a description of what it looks like and and what it is. I just want to mention we button. haven't received our free set. Really? That's uh, <laughs> great. But I mean that that said, I'm gonna yeah, take but, that set. Oh, look at that. So oh, so they are called the gladiator set. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Are one of those called the Excalibur by any chance? Because you're missing out on a pun right there. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> so I know. So, go ahead. Uh, no, so I was going to say, you know, the glass dilating kit uh, has been through seeing all the patients and clients in the office. You really start to see how people are preparing for sex. Um, and the key for me was glass, I think, is really the best possible medium to use. One is it creates just the right amount of friction in the ass. And we want friction. We want good friction because what we're trying to do with dilating is we're trying to get the skin to get tougher. We're asking the skin to get more elastic. Um, and we're asking the muscles, the three sets of muscles to relax. So it comes as a small, medium, and large. Um, and there, there's really kind of no way for people to fuck this up. Whereas a lot of the other dilators, you can, you know, they can slip in, you put it in and leave it in, but it's not really doing anything for the skin and the muscle. And so this takes into account the varying lengths of muscle length that we have. Some people it's really short and then some people it's longer. And the reality is, is that you need longer toys to really get the skin and the muscle to start working correctly. So it's a lot of taking what I see in the office and understanding the anal anatomy and saying, okay, how do we now set the stage for people's success? So I guess my, my first thought is, well, while this sounds amazing, I think of glass and I'm like, well, what if it breaks? That was it's my, not going to break. That was my not initial break. thought. But. So it's this borosilic, borosilicate glass. It is so non-porous. It's body safe. It is a slippery finish for more seamless, smooth insertion. Um, you can drop it on the ground. It's ain't, it ain't going to break. The fucking thing is solid. Um, okay. And and the reality is, is that, you know, the way that you're going to start using it from the small to the medium to the large, I love silicone based lube for anal. I think it works the best, especially when it works with the glass. Um, it's easy to clean. It's easy to sanitize because it's non-porous. It will not harbor bacteria. Obviously, it's hypoallergenic um, and body compatible. It's waterproof for shower time. There's a lot that goes into that. Um, and it really hits the mark by sequentially working the tissue 
to get people to the point where they're able to engage anally comfortably. So I want to go back to sequentially, like using the different, you know, sizes, but the first thought I had, can you put it in the dishwasher? How do you clean it? Like, like, yeah. So any of that stuff is totally fine. You can sanitize it. Some people do dishwasher, some people boil them. Um, the key for me is they sell a lot of stuff, uh, glass toy cleaners um, and toy cleaners that you could use. I think just doing soap and water um, and, you know, I usually tell people to use the toys specifically with this when they're showering or in a shower to really relax and learn how to control everything. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, just when you're taking them out, soap, water, clean them, let them dry, and then you're off to the races. Yeah. Um, so they're really easy. And honestly, like, they're really pretty, too. So, like, you can clean them and use them as a mantelpiece so that you can be ready. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Put them right right there on your mantle. So if you have somebody coming over, you can come home, grab it from the mantle, put it up there, and, you know, get ready for the evening. But... My my second or my third question, I guess, would be when do you so you start with the small, you work up to medium and large. How do you know when's the right time to switch? Yeah, so it's usually a process of small, medium and large over about six weeks. So most of the time you're going to feel like you can take bigger than the small toy because the small toy is small. But the key is what we're trying to do is we're trying to get the skin tougher We're trying to get you to understand how the muscles are able to relax and how you're able to control them. When you start to see people get injured with sex, it's they go from nothing to something big too quick. Mm -hmm. But if we're incrementally working the tissue, it really starts to work well. And so the small toy, I would say, pretend like you're going to the gym two to three times a week. Give me two sets of 12. You know, and it's not, yes, if you want to use them to get off, great, get off. But a lot of times it's just using them to create the friction that allows for the muscles and the skin to fully work. And then once you're like after two weeks, you're like, hey, I feel really good with the small toy. You're always going to start with the small and then go from the small into the medium. And then another two weeks of small, just medium toy, getting into the groove and getting yourself more dilated. And then again, you'll then start with the small and then go from small, medium into large. And then once you're at the large size and you feel comfortable, I'm totally fine with you and people starting to engage. I would say like, let's say I did the protocol. I feel great. I'm ready for sex. I would say you either bring the toys into sex play as foreplay to pre-dilate you and to pre-lubricate, or when you're getting ready for the night, douching, cleaning, whatever it is, use the toys as well. Because what you're doing is you're starting to set that stage of allowing things to be fully open and functional. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself is where you'll prevent injury. And that is is huge for people to understand and grasp the concept. If you think you're going to go from nothing to then a dick behind you pounding you, the reality is you're going to wind up being in my office or it's not going to be pleasurable. But if you start with the dilating kid, you then get into a dildo play, you're on top first in control, navigating the situation, you'll really start to put yourself into a situation that is going to be much more successful. So it's like personal training for the butthole. It has to be. And it's like, you know, the thing is, when you look at the best bottoms in the world, they're either bottoming two to three times a week 
or or they're using toys to keep everything working. And the key for me is it's not only are the toys opening you up, it's the toys are getting the skin and the muscle to be reactive to your brain. You say, hey, I want to open. Now you're able to learn how to do that. It also pre-lubricates. You know, if you think of most tops, they fucking spit on the dick and stick it in, or they'll use a little bit of lube, and it's never enough to create less friction. So if, the toys, so if the <laughs> toys are part of the game, you're, you're now kind of putting yourself in that empowered position of as a bottom where you're saying, okay, I'm doing all the right things to set the stage for that success and decreasing as much risk as possible. So when we talk about the butthole, and, and you're talking about almost kind of like uh, working the skin so it's thicker or stronger, we talk when, when, we, when we look at anal sex, we talk about tears, we talk about fissures, we talk about all the things that can happen. Now, how can a dilator set actually um, stop that from happening or prevent that from happening? So I think the key component when you're doing dilating is as you're going through the process, you're able to analyze your own body. One is when you look at bottoms, right? There are three different types of bottoms that I see in the office. There's someone that can completely open their hole and take whatever comes through. That's about a third of us. And then two thirds are every time someone tries to enter me, my, my impetus, my muscle contracts and I feel discomfort or it's not pleasurable or there's pain or there's limitation or someone's able to get in me, but the second they start thrusting, it's not comfortable for me. And that is where two thirds of us are trying to use toys to see if by using the toys, can we negate that reflex? Can we negate that negative response? And a third of those people will be able to just by dilating, just by using toys in this methodology, be able to become successful like that first group. And then there's the other third of people that either need surgery, me to do something to fix some of the friction issues, or anal Botox, which we do a lot of, which is to help prevent that reflex of I'm staying tighter, I'm being tighter. How do you now take that out of the equation so that when you're using the toys, you're actually able to get into a much more mm -hmm. optimal position? Does that make sense? Yeah, it sounds yeah. almost like muscle memory, like butthole yeah. muscle memory. Right. I say to people all the time, you know, when you go to a gym and you're working out, the trainer says to you, one day we're going to do biceps and the next day we're going to do triceps. Well, why do they do that? Well, they want to strengthen the bicep one day and then they want to stretch the bicep the other day. It makes the muscle optimized. Nobody ever stretches the anal muscle mm -hmm. or when you want to stretch it, you're stretching it so abruptly that you cause damage. And so the key for this is how do we anatomically with Future Method, we created toys that fit every bill of everyone's ass. How do we now analyze that? We did that. How do we come up with a structure that now, like the glass, that is not slippery, that is has a friction that is appropriate? You're able to lube with all different types of lube that you feel comfortable with that allows the anatomy to be so perfectly 
mirrored by the toy that now it starts to really set that stage for your success. Now, as you're doing the toy stuff, you could start to think of like, well, where am I as a bottom? And if you're like, hey, even when I'm doing the toys, I'm having pain or bleeding or difficulty, you, now you know like maybe you do need anal Botox or maybe there is a hemorrhoid or something internally that is creating friction and restriction and limiting me. But the key is like for newbie bottoms, younger guys, people that are were tops and want to get into bottoming, by starting the process, we're able to define kind of who you are and then bring toys into your life like these dilators to now really let you get to where you want to be sexually. The, I, I, the go from nothing to something big, that old school methodology yeah. of don't worry, just stick it in. Bro, bro, fucking let me stick it in. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> fine, that's, Dr. That's, G, fine. That's well, see, <laughs> that was the other thing I was going to say. I mean, you you have um, included in this kit different sizes that allows you to work yourself up to whatever size you, whichever one of those three sizes you need to be able to prepare yourself. Because, I mean, let's face it, the Brokeback Mountain method is that spit and just stick it in, it's painful. And this allows you to get to a comfort level um, um, that will then eventually allow you to actually enjoy anal sex a lot more in, in a safer way than just, you know, spitting on your dick and shoving it in. Because let's face it, as how does that sound? It's not safe but also what i'm hearing too that it's not necessarily the dilator that is going to um necessarily prevent you from hurting yourself but it's actually what what it's doing is teaching you when you know okay no this isn't right we need to pull back am i right in saying that? yeah a hundred percent and i think also it's helping you understand your own anatomy let's just review it right there's three muscles we speak about Two of them are superficial. Um, they're called superficial and external anal sphincter. That muscle is what you and I can control. So if you're squeezing your ass right now, if the listeners are squeezing, you're squeezing those two. There's a third muscle, which is called the internal sphincter. That's the one that you and I can't control. That's the one Speak for that yourself. if someone is... <laughs> that's I'm the, squeezing that's right the, now. Yeah, that's the one that... A lot of people have difficulty learning to relax that. And that's where these toys come into play. When you're entering with the toy, you're coming into contact with the first muscle. Hold the toy there. Let it chill. Let it relax. Come back out. Relubricate the toy. Go back in again with the dilator. You're going to hit then the first, maybe the second muscle. Come back out redilate and you'll start to see like oh okay i got to the first muscle all right now this is the second oh this is the one evan was talking about that is the tough one because you'll see it's 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 really a tough muscle that's mm -hmm. there and then you'll really start to learn how to neurologically relax the pelvic floor and how do you now really learn the the ways i don't know we've all fucked probably someone that's able to completely open their hole and receive you and also close around your dick and control that. That is an art that it takes time to perfect. And you need to, if you want to get there, the way to do that is to toy, dilate, get an understanding of your anatomy and set the stage for success. Because at the end of the day, those people that can control to that degree 
they don't come to my office because they're able to, they have a huge shit. They're able to fully open. They see a huge dick. They're able to accommodate that. And Mm -hmm. by accommodating that, by accommodating that, it prevents injury. Mm-hmm. So well, I, I know we're speaking about the spit method, and you've mentioned <laughs> and you've mentioned lube several times. Such a Is there a specific lube you would recommend for usage, or is it just a matter of personal preference? I think it's a combination of all. I think silicone-based lubes are still the best for anal, even you know from a perspective of just getting into using toys and just getting into the dilating kit, I think it sets the stage for success. But a lot of people don't like silicone because it stains sheets. It's hard to get off literally your ass. Um, And so that was where with Future Method, we came up with the anal exfoliation because we knew silicone-based lubes come whatever is difficult to kind of get rid of. So by having a dual beaded system and a scrub, you're able to now get rid of that quite easily. But I think personal preference, if you're a water-based guy and this really works for you, you have to see what works with your skin as well. If not all lubes are created equal um, and you have to kind of experiment and see. But the nice thing with glass is that uh, you can do any lube with it. Whereas a lot of the silicone-based toys, you can't do silicone, you have to do X, Y, and Z. So it winds up just being an issue. Is Future Method thinking of putting out their own lube and or lube shooter? So anything is all on the discussion and on the table. I like like smile. That means I like how she smiles (laughs) while she says that. I'm going to get him in trouble. She she has this thing about shooting. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of (laughs) things in the works. I think the key for us is more of kind of the before and after approach first. Which is like, because that's not where the market is, right? The market is in this play category, which is just saturated with toys that are terrible for people, lubes that are not good. Um, and, and so the key for us was like, okay, how do we set the stage for people's, you know, entry into anal and then also the aftercare? And then the play stuff for sure is coming, uh, literally. Um, but but with I that being so. said, it's it's really trying to be strategic mm-hmm. because a lot of water-based lubes are terrible for you. They cause a lot of issues internally with the microbiome. And so you have to be really, really strategic with what we're putting because the science of sex is like our key approach and, and really making sure that we, we hit all of that. Now, let me ask. So this is a new product. Um, have you had any success stories you can share with us or anything that would oh my make- god we get like every day we're getting <laughs> like such amazing reviews of people that love it and get it and are just like you know not only does it look amazing and sexy and this and that but it but a mantelpiece but it serves really a great purpose because you know it's really hard for people with other toys that they're using to it, it, there's so many other variables that come into anal dilation with those toys that set the stage for failure. So said. when because of this, we've taken all of those out of the equation that now this really does what we want it to do in our space. So let me let me ask you a quick, quick what, question. God. They only come in the clear color. They're not in colors. Not in colors. Yeah. What do you not what yet. color you fucking want? What color? Uh, hey. Are you? We, if we're serving the rainbow population, I'm just you know, <laughs> questioning whether they're pink, purple, blue. 
Still right could be in glass, clear, right? Right now, clear is the way. And the reason why yeah. we did clear also is because people are always like, I want to douche more. Am I clean enough? And so by using this, you can actually see uh, if you're dirty or not. Yeah. So a lot of times people, and also I want people to, after they're douching, to pre-dilate and lubricate. And so this really helps. You're able to, one, get rid of any extra liquid from the douching perspective. You're able to see if you're clean. You're able to dilate and lubricate and really understand the whole component of reducing friction. And if you're able to do that, you're reducing risk, STD risk, injury risk, and just having better sex. Now, let me ask you, um, what made you land on the specific sizes that you use? Because I'm sure there's going to be a queen out there that's going to be like, why can't this be bigger? So the the key <laughs> is, is that, yeah, I think the key is, is that, that once you... <laughs> Once you get the large is pretty large. I mean, it's it's a it's a nice size thickness. Not for her. Can um, we not use for your hands as a, as a means to demonstrate how large exactly we're talking? Well, about? I mean, there the length is the insertable length is about six inches, and I'll show it That's to you. Short. I have it here. Hold on, <laughs> hold on a second. I'm pulling it out. I'm pulling it oh, out. He's oh, pulling yeah. Out. Let's see. Can you tell? I mean, oh. it's pretty. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I mean, it's it's girthy. Okay, that it's, works. Yeah, I already it's have a name told- for each of them, so. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a historic name. Like, I, I know out with exactly him. who they are. It's, so- it's definitely girthy. But I think the key is, is like, this is for run-of-the-mill anal. The next step up, there's different stuff that's coming through of like, I want bigger toys, bigger dicks and what, and there's a whole methodology that's a little bit different than this. And we can go over that mm-hmm. um, of how do I really get the vortex, the entire components to really open and dilate. So a lot of people go from small, medium, large, and then get more into like dildos. We have a cone that I really love on uh, bespoke surgical's website. That's like really allows for bigger stretching, more, more play. Um, so this was the, the entry to run of the mill anal. And then for people like you that are fucking looking for huge things, oh. Don't, don't worry. Don't judge she's, me. She's got a we're, glory we're hole next. in her house now. Don't so. judge me. <laughs> so wait, wait till next time. She yeah. she wants Kong size. That's not what so, I want. I'm just do- saying, Doctor G. Um, my last thought or question for you, obviously that's probably not true, but um, is um, when we look at um, these dilators, we're talking about you know any pre engagement. Is there any benefit of using them post engagement? So realistically. No. I mean, I think that, you know, you could definitely, if you're using them to get off and you haven't gotten off during your engagement and you want to use these sexually, great. You can totally do that. I think one of the things that I see in some people is that when they're having sex, they are open and gaped a little too much after sex and it takes them time to bring it back and contract. So sometimes what you can do is use the toys from a contraction perspective to squeeze on the small toy, hold it three seconds, two seconds, one second, and allow for the, I'm open when I need to, but then I'm contracted the rest of the day. Are you that gun ho on anal annihilation? Is that, is, is that, is that what no, I'm hearing? No, I was just thinking exactly what he Cause said. Cause I'm like, no, I, after I, I, you're I done, think, it's no, like, I, I'm just thinking about, you know, experiences that I've had where you do feel as though, you know, you, you want, want more, the, the, you... the wind is blowing, you know, <laughs> you're out in the field, the wind is blowing and it's like, how do I tighten it up down there? And you know, that is a great concept. I mean, take the smaller one and, and use it almost like a kegel and tighten it back up 
Oh, girl. This totally. Thing. And that is like when people move beyond where they've mastered the toy stuff and the dilating, then it's there are days that I want you to dilate. And then there are days that I want you to contract because the goal, remember, is the person that's able to fully open and fully close and learning how to control all that muscles is super key. So check out these glass anal dilator kits. There's three of them in there. It's 60 bucks on futuremethod.com. We have them here at Bespoke. That's a great price. uh, I'm super uh, happy about it. And we may have a discount for our listeners a little later. Yeah, we're going to talk about that a little later. So, um, Dr. G, before uh, we let you go, um, because obviously we're appreciative that you're here with us today, um, can you tell us a little bit about the lineup of products that you've released thus far so that we can remind our listeners of what it is that you can look forward to when you go to futuremethod.com? Yeah, sure. So we first came out with an anal douche solution. So it's like a good go-to travel. You literally comes with a bulb and the liquid solution goes into the bulb. And then you get two to two and a half bulbfuls per pouch. Um, And they come as two packs, six packs and 12 packs. So that's that. Um, We also came up with a powder pack. Uh, that is a 10 pack and soon to be, um, another addition to that. But with that being said, these are great. These are, you use whatever douche bulb you want. You use whatever water and you put for every four ounces, you put a packet of this into it, which makes it what's called isotonic isoosmolar. It really prevents the microbiome from changing. It allows for, uh, appropriate cleansing, but not irritation, and it allows for soothing. So that's really awesome. Um, we have a pro, a pre and probiotic, which we launched with, which is super important because no matter what we do, anal sex causes microbiome changes. So by replenishing this, the goal is decreasing STDs, decreasing injury. So it's two of the probiotic. It's a pre and probiotic in the morning, and then the goal would be a, a, the fiber supplementation at night. So using two pills at night. And the key is kind of thinking about gut health instead of just anal health, right? If you're eating well, if you're exercising, if you're using a pre and probiotic and a fiber supplementation, now we we need to douche less because the body is doing what it's supposed to and you feel cleaner and you feel sexier. And so the key for that is a button gut daily fiber at night, which really helps. And it's different than some of the others because the reality for me is a lot of them cause gas and bloating. And and that's obviously not what we want. Also, we want to feel not hungry, but not full. Um, And we want to evacuate easily, obviously, and be clean, kind of like a dog shit so that you're able to not have to wipe and there's no residual in that. And also, you know, you really want to really support the gut bacteria, that's where the pre and probiotic plus the fiber supplementation is key. We have the anal exfoliant, which we spoke about already, which is awesome, has the scent that we all love, and the soothing cream, which is used for more of like the first aid. So after sex, if there's irritation, mild fissures, hemorrhoids, things like that, the exfoliant helps promote healing, and then the soothing cream for for post-sex. And then obviously the glass dilator kit that came out and then we came out with a candle. I don't know. They never sent you the candle either. No, no but a we candle. had olive oil for Christmas. Yes, we did. And honey and all <laughs> oh, that good stuff. Was- 
Oh, the candle. It smells so good. It's like the lotion. I'm going to have my my team send you some stuff, all right? Okay. Love it. That sounds amazing. I'm going to sit on it. Of of course you are. (laughs) Not the candle. You can can sit on my candle. You can sit on my candle anytime. Dr. G, please don't tease me. I will be on a train right now. Lord knows. One way. Knocking at the little blue door. It used to be 84 years. Then she went down to 42. She really wants to make like just one year. So that's amazing. Because Jack never lets go. Oh, my God. That was a great episode. (laughs) Yes. Jack never lets go. That's right. right. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh God. God. Dr. G, it's always amazing to have you on. Um, We're super excited um, for your new launch of this new product, obviously, and uh, all the amazing uh, things that that you and your team are doing on futuremethod.com. And also all the, you know, for all the the things that you do as a doctor and taking care of patients and, um, you know, really advocating for the health of of gay men and their their use of their amazing use of their buttholes so thank you thank you so much for doing that no i appreciate it and happy happy birthday uh, congrats on on seven years is that what you guys said seven, seven years, years. Oh, god it's amazing and keep going and you guys do such amazing things and uh and rock on and and then obviously anybody that needs anything you know DM, whatever you need out there, I'm more than happy to help uh, in any capacity for the community. We love you immensely for that. Thank you so much, Dr. G. All right, ciao. Have a great night. Talk to you soon. Bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, ladies and gents, that, of course, was the amazing Dr. Evan Goetz. I freaking love that man. Honestly, he I think... He is teasing me right now. Yes, he is. Nick's but don't, about to log off and jump on his car. Seriously, don't get it twisted, girl. Can we take that break? <laughs> can, <laughs> we we take that break? <laughs> can we take that break? Speaking of breaks, yes, we do need to take a break. So what we're going to do is we're going to... Um, Take a quick break. We'll come back. We've got the dish, obviously, to look forward to. So um, let's 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 just take that break. We will be right back. All right. Well, welcome back from that break. Thank you so much for allowing us to take that break today. We needed it. Um, I am super excited that Dr. G was able to join us once again. It's been a couple of months since the last time we've seen him. Um, uh, he, and he, he hit the G spot. He sure did. He hit all, <laughs> of, all of the spots. And, Small, uh, medium, or large. That's right. Excalibur that's did its good. job. <laughs> all the way through. Um, so um, definitely we, we have... Have, we have a code that we're going to slip to all of our listeners later on at the end of the show to um, you know allow you to get a discount if you want to on some of those amazing products that he has lined up for us. Uh, but anyway, we have our dish. But before we do, I want to talk to my boys. I, it's it's very weird when. <laughs> We sort of kind of pivot and do certain things first before our usual. So I just want to, you know, toss it over to my boys and see how they're doing. So why don't we start with you, Jay? How are you, darling? I'm a shit show on wheels. <laughs> training wheels. <laughs> training wheels. Training that wheels. Matter, yeah. oh, that's always um, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm still dealing with this whole back injury thing. So it's it's been... Yeah. Quite a few months. Slow and steady, baby. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, Slow how, and steady, that's how you do it. Working on it, you know, just trying to keep my appointments and, and do what I got to do. But uh, <clears throat> over the weekend, it was it was a nice weekend. Um, Saturday, we celebrated my great aunt's 90th birthday. Happy birthday, great auntie. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was, it was, She's it was 90. 90. Cuantos años? 90. 90. 90. 90. Yeah. yeah. 
we're teaching you Spanish as we go. Un poquito. Yes. Hey, I, I knew 90. 90. 90. Yeah. 90. All he knows is dame leche mi yeah. culo. Yeah. Sí. Sí. Y gordo. No, but, it, you know, it was nice. And, and, you know, I was able to bring mom and spend some time with the family. And, you know, it, it's... It was eye-opening and and uh, for a change, being with mom out around a lot of the family, right? You know, to me, kind of brought her illness to a more visual perspective, right? Because normally she's around us and she talks to us and everything's fine and she recognizes everybody, and you know, cousins that we literally, my mom helped raise, right? You know, she's like, "Who are you?" That she didn't recognize anyone, right? So you know, and and I'm, you know, and and I'm telling her, "Hey, hey this is so and so." She's like, "Who? Whose kid is she?" And and then she would be like, "Oh, okay, okay." So I got a little teary eyed. I got a little emotional, but you right. know, it is what it is. You know, I, I was happy that she was able to spend time with us and spend time with the family and and get to see some of the families. And of course, she recognized one person. It was it was my nephew. Uh, he it was his birthday as well. He he was turning seven, I believe. No, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, and I think it's more along the lines because he look he resembles me a lot when I was a kid. Gotcha. So right. I think she makes that connection. The only person she recognized in the entire party. There were probably a good. 80 90 people there wow. and and but, but there's there's also a very endearing moment in the fact that you're celebrating a 90th birthday and a seventh, seventh birthday, birthday yeah. right and when you think about you know all of the the um the time that goes by between generations right and to yeah. see them all in in one space and to start to reflect back on a lot of the things that you normally don't have to, right? When we're in our own little space, we're in our own little world, we're going through and we're doing this and we're doing that. And you sort of kind of forget, stop to think about. Yeah. Take all that in, take all that in. Right. And, and being post COVID 90 is a huge milestone. Of course it is. You know, know? I I was talking to um, a coworker uh, this past weekend because we have uh, a mutual friend who, um, She's up there in age and she is on a fast decline. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's been so lucid. Like she's been driving herself around to this day. Um, we were talking about like why like how <clears throat> it's 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 weird, but like like my grandma went through the same thing that your your mother's going through and how difficult that was. But yeah, we cherish the time that we the extra time, even though like she would forget things. There's almost something so special about being able to get to that age and having that fast decline. So you yeah. don't so you don't go through that and you don't forget the people that you love. And um it, it's just such a difficult, you know, concept. I mean what is it? Is it harder to you know lose somebody quickly, or is it harder to watch them to decline and not remember who you are, right. um, but also have that time with them, right? So yeah. it was a weird oh. conversation, and I don't even remember how it came up, but um, yeah, just you just reminded me of, yeah, so, of that. Yeah. So, so I, I guess I'm experiencing both. My father died kind of quick, right? Had a stroke, had multiple heart attacks in the hospital. We kind of, you know, knew it was going to happen 
took about a month, but I, it, it was quick, fairly quick. Mm-hmm. Um, dealing with this illness, it's a, as they say, it's a slow death. Yeah. Uh, so I know she deals with it sometimes and, and, and I can tell what she realizes she doesn't recognize people because she'll just kind of shut down and she just sits there. Yeah. So you realize, okay, she's having a tough day. She doesn't know who it is. Yeah. And, and again, you know, she called me like four or five times after the event that, Oh, I didn't see so-and-so. And I was like, yeah, they talked to you for like 10 minutes, you yeah. know? Oh, the, was so-and-so there? And I was like, yeah, you spoke with them as well. You know? So you, you see that. So mm-hmm. I think sometimes that to me, that's been a little harder than dealing with my dad's, uh, with my dad's passing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, being on both sides right now, this is a little harder. Although I, I have to say, you know, we provide what we can for her. So, you know, when the time comes, I know, I know I'll be sad, yeah. but I also know that I've provided for her as much as I could. Right. She took yeah. care of me when I was a kid. I take care of her now. That's, that's right. just, the and that's all you can do. Yeah. 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 Right? I mean, it's the same thing with me. I mean, like my, my grandmother, um, she had this, you know, the same thing, dementia and, you know, having her on the phone and continually hoping for that next phone call or seeing her the next time. But then every time I was on the phone with her, it was like a conversation in, in loop. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So it, she would ask the same question. I would have to re-answer it yep. like three or four times. Um, and then with my grandfather, very lucid, very, you know, uh, he was there yeah. and then he just wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but, it's very weird. It's, yeah. it's not the, you know, it, it, you kind of expect something to progress in a certain, and it's never what you expect. No. Yeah. You know, so I think keeping that in mind, um, I think I'm very thankful that I was in the human services field for so many years and I dealt with death for so many years that I can process. And mm-hmm. yes, you still go through your emotions as opposed to other family members that, you know, mom calls and complains about something and they want to blow up my phone. Why yeah. aren't you there? Why aren't you calling? Why aren't... It's almost you know like I mean? so, uh, an ignorance. Yeah, to yeah there's an ignorance on. to what's yeah. going on. And, and Because they don't either don't want it to be going want, on or they they're don't not want to accept enough. it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, and I deal with it all the time. I mean, my mom, we got her new cell phone. But it's a flip phone because that's all she knows how to use. Right. She so, doesn't want a smartphone. Please so, tell me you got her so, a razor. No, Those were the no, bomb. No, 100%. The that's razor was like her. the it's Motorola razor. Oh, did you her. know that Dave got a flip, a new A new phone. phone. It's a flip phone, but yeah. it's a smartphone. Yeah. I insane. almost lost my shit. I was just like, yeah. he, he pulled it out and he opened it up. And I'm like, uh, what there's this? lights coming out of your phone, Dave. Um, did you upgrade? He goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, look at this. I was like, oh my God, it's touchscreen. I was like, you can touch the screen. Dave, you've graduated. 100%. You've like graduated from like grandpa phone, like, you know, government. Jitterbug. Jitterbug to like. Yeah, it was just jitterbug. I was like, holy shit. Okay. So this happened. Yeah, her main challenge is every time she opens it, she hits the volume button, turns off the ringer. So okay. that that's a, fun, yeah, it's, it's a, a it's a yeah, it is it's hilarious all the time. You remind so me she'll one call day. Me, she'll call me. She's like, call me back, call me back. My phone's not working, and I'm like, mom, it's the volume. You turned it off. Uh, but I also have my sister in Kansas, who will call her and, eight, nine, yep. ten times, 
And then she'll start texting the whole family group. Mm-hmm. What's going on with mom? I can't get a hold of her. And, then, and I'm like, it's her phone. Well, that phone's no good. And I was like, um, dude, it's not the phone. It's her. It's her <laughs> illness is progressing. Yeah. She doesn't realize she's turning the volume off. Right. Yeah. No, I think the same thing <laughs> but, happened to me, though, because I, so my graphic designer for Gala, I had reached out to her this morning and I called her um, to leave a message because I needed something done pretty quickly. And then I had put my phone in my back pocket. I called her four times. Oh, my God. <laughs> but and dialed I, her four times? Yes. And then she called me back and she was like, Nick, I'm so sorry. I was at the doctor's appointment. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, oh, well, you called me a lot. I thought there was like an emergency. I was like. Oh my god! I'm so sorry. I probably butt dialed you. <laughs> you back dialed her, is what you did. Back dialed her because it wasn't even in your butt. Yeah, I put it in my back pocket. Uh, oh, so then it was yeah, in. Yeah, yeah you it definitely butt dialed her. Yeah, well, you definitely. Got a, a pretty smart ass. Now remi- remind me one day, uh, not today, because then you know it would take the rest of the episode to tell you a story of how I sent my mother my original iPad and taught her how to use it over the phone. I will remember to not remind you. Absolutely. <laughs> the most frustrating thing I have ever had to do in my life. Uh, but now you give her an iPad. Like I bought her a newer version after like so many years. And she, this woman can fly through it now. So it's like she it's it. effortless. Yeah. She's, it's her best friend. Now we know where um, the gay talk funds are going to well no no i bought that i bought that for her because she needed one i was like so just messing with you so the current ipad was it was the original like the og ipad i still have mine you can't even update that thing youtube won't even work anymore because there's been so many iterations of youtube that it just doesn't work so i had to get her a new one so i got her one of the newer versions of the um the ipad airs and um, she's just in heaven because she plays a lot of like games on it and all that stuff. But anyway, enough about me. How are you, darling Trish? Oh, I'm good. Uh, busy. Yeah. <laughs> busy? I'm busy. Yeah. Busy's good. Uh-huh. I, uh, this past weekend was my first weekend not working at the bar. How was that? Weird. <laughs> it, was, it, it was weird, but. Did, did you feel like, oh, shit, I forgot I. No. And then realized you didn't have to no, do that? No, I was uh. like, I'm going to watch this entire movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh my God, that was that must have felt amazing. It was really good, but I'm working at the bar next weekend. <laughs> yeah, so she's working for St. Patrick's Day yeah. weekend, of course. So she's going to do a, an earlier shift, uh, which means that I'll probably miss her unless I go out and do whatever I need to do. But anyway, uh, well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, and, that's good. And then other than that, I just had like events and shows all weekend. It was amazing at the theater. We had pretty much sold out shows Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, We made more money on this show than any other show. And Gala's coming up in like two months, right? June. Yeah. Gala's coming up. It's right around the corner. And we are way ahead of where we were last year. Uh, We've raised far more money. Actually, at this point last year, I think we only raised zero dollars. And now we are almost at our goal. And I have a goal of another 70k. So we're doing well, we got, we got a lot more to do. And um, yeah, things are things are going well. But you said it earlier, I need to stop focusing on work and start focusing on my personal life a little bit more. And I think think you're probably right. Agreed. And then we won't reach 84 years again so quickly. Exactly. It's been 84 years. years. And how many sponsorship dollars? Mm. (laughs) 
And how many new glass plug plugs will she need to use? No. But I I will say this. um, In your upcoming Ford Gala, your, your, your artist... Yeah, Jeremy Jordan. I know. I, I'm sorry. Was I able to announce it? It is officially. Oh yeah, yeah. Announced. It's on sale. Yeah. Oh my god. I um, I, I want to go so bad. I'm. I think I'm just gonna like um, just scalp, <laughs> you scalp can, some tickets. No. You, you can come to the concert by I, itself. There I'm gonna tickets, come all over his face. There are is tickets what I literally do. starting at thirty five dollars. <laughs> I want to come all over his face. He's, he's amazing. Married. I don't care if he's married. And he's got a daughter. He's my boo. He's my boo first. That's okay. He's he can be all of our boos, I suppose. I suppose. Anyway, um. So yeah, me. I'm <laughs> I'm going through it. I am in in sad mode because my neighbor, uh, oh. who I absolutely love, him, his wife, his kids, sold his house, and um, I didn't buy it. He's leaving. And his last day is Friday. It and already I'm, sold? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh, yeah. I know. It sold within a week. He told yeah. me last week. And I was like, fuck. I was like, me? girl, get your ducks in a row. I was trying to get her to be my neighbor. Why? I don't know. Because she would be a horrible neighbor, I think. <laughs> because true? she would be um, all up in my, my shit every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. So. I'd be like, we need to rebuild this fence so that there's like an opening, uh, opening so we can gate. push your <laughs> lawnmower through it. Yeah, right. Um, so, uh, but I'm, I'm extremely sad. Um, I don't know who, you know, I don't know what to expect with my new neighbors. You know, I've been here seven, going on six years in August, and it's it's quite um, traumatic for me not to know that whoever it is that moves in is gay-friendly or, you know, community-friendly. And so I just don't know. So all I, all I can do is make sure that I raise my new flagpole and put yes. the biggest gay flag that exists on the planet. That's what I'm going to do. Just to sort of kind of let it be known, you moved in here, you need to sort of kind of... Look, honestly, you've been like the glue to your neighborhood. Pretty much. Since you moved in. Yeah, I know. And if they're not on board, they can go. And we can get the neighbors to push the motherfuckers out. We'll get the rooster out. We'll get the chickens going. <laughs> the rooster's in the soup already. So can I tell you a, a quick little story? So my neighbor... Um, across the street, she had chickens and she had a rooster. In the city of West Haven, it's illegal to have roosters. You can have chicken, uh, like, you know, egg-laying chickens, but you can't have a rooster. So she had the rooster for, like, almost a year and a half. And the thing was, like, you know, six in the morning, coo-coo-coo-coo. And then, you know, in the evening, coo-coo-coo-coo. And then one day, she just comes over to me. She goes, like, um, we just got a letter from the town. We got to get rid of the rooster. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, it's time to make some soup, girl. And that's what we did. I'll never forget that, that time. Is that the rooster that got away and you chased around the That's yeah. the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But My I'll, na- I'll never forget the time we, I think we went to the store because we were barbecuing or something. And we came home and there were three chickens just chilling in your garden. I'm like, Tom. They were <laughs> huddled in the corner because they were looking for warmth. You I know, know, but I'm sitting there like, Tom. Chickens. Where, where the did the fuck did these come from? Yeah, they're like, oh, my neighbor. I was like, your neighbor has chickens. You, your neighbor would they be bring what? us food all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so in, that'd be so, my house. There'll be one chicken less. <laughs> it, I don't it, know it, what happened to happens. your chicken. It like happens. Gnawing on a bone. <laughs> like I see the chickens, and then later that night they came over, and they're like, "Here, some drumsticks." I'm like, "I'm good." I'm good. <laughs> 
it happens you know it's just you got to love your neighbors and you got to do what you got to do but you know me being total puerto rican my grandmother like literally she used to kill chickens in front of me and snap their necks and throw them in boiling water and pluck their their feathers and crack them open clean them out throw them in a fucking pot with some like vegetables and seasoning and you had soup and a few of the innards and you don't throw everything out honestly i i can't judge because my family my italian family they used to hunt and they had venison so like oh my god I would so walk. Good, in, I would walk into the garage, and there would be like a deer draining. So yeah. I, I mean, I can't. It, it, it happens. I, I didn't see it anybody happens. snapping next, but yeah. Speaking of venison, The Last of Us. Oh uh, my! What God. an episode! It was an amazing episode. <laughs> um, it really was. Um, Ellie like just came out oh. in, out of her, of her shell. She was a little traumatized yeah, at the end. Yeah. I have to admit. You know, seeing her just come into her own and really taking care of shit when, when you know her counterpart could not uh, was just incredible. It was an amazing episode. I encourage that you all watch it. Mama Kim actually sent me a text message and said, "I just signed <laughs> up for HBO Max and I am watching it." And she watched episode three and she was just like, oh "I my cannot, God. I can't." Yeah. Right. So she was she was feeling us. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's but it was it was a good episode. They I mean they're really really putting thought into what they're putting into this film. Right. Again, they included stuff that is not in the game, right. you know? So and, and I think that's what makes the show where what it is right now. Yeah. And it's important to note that the person who created the video game was a co-director in this episode and also spoke to the fact that, you know, he is on board with all of these changes that are being made um, of certain scenes and things that were not in the video game, but he's totally on board with as far as the show, because it just brings the arc of the character so much more. I wouldn't um, say changes. I would say creative liberties, right? Well, creative, of liberties in a sense but here's the thing like you you jay you mentioned before that there were some things that were left to the imagination Mm -hmm. and what this current team of writers is doing on the show is is that they're taking those those imagine those what ifs ifs (laughs) and sort of kind of solidifying them in the storyline and which is great i think it's just fantastic right and but overall, I mean, the experience in itself, the last episode was was incredible. Um, you know, if you want to see someone struggling through hardship and like really getting through it, um, she was fucking incredible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bella Ramsey, uh, which was the original, the the OG, like lady of like um, Bear Islands over in the Game of Thrones world, because mm-hmm. she was the one that killed that big giant. She was like, ah! she just stabbed it in the eye and the thing just falls down and she falls down with it but i don't know i'm just a geek when it comes to that kind of stuff <laughs> it was amazing it was it amazing was a, it was an awesome episode I, right. I had to bring it up because mm-hmm. i actually watched it yesterday in anticipation of the show oh well thank you <laughs> so. thank you because you know sometimes i just come up with shit they're like i haven't yeah. watched it i was yeah. like well it's getting spoiled bitch yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but now here we are all right well listen uh we do have one story for you that's um all we're gonna have on today's dish aside from our little shenanigans that happens uh but we wanted to bring um to to light the fact that it is women's history month and uh that being said we wanted to talk about 
women, specifically women in the LGBTQ plus community that have been very historic in, in their own right uh, in helping change um, the way women are seen in this country and around the world. Uh, and the fact that we are celebrating um, Women's History Month, which, by the way, wasn't always a month, right? Mm-hmm. So a little history for you. The roots of the Women's History uh, Month began in 1981 when Congress authorized a Women's History Week. It was to begin on March 7th, 1982. And for the next five years, Congress authorized a week in March to be set aside for Women's History Week. Finally, the Women's History Project got involved and petitioned lawmakers uh, to name the entire month uh, to honor the achievement of women. And in March of 1987, uh, it officially became the first uh, Women's History Month. And, you know, to me, uh, I think of women uh, of just exceptional human beings, right? My mother, for starters, is is my my champion. She is the person who allowed me to be who I am. And, you know, while she may not have changed history yet... Um, or been one Honey, of those. She created you. She she, she changed history. <laughs> that's what I said. She um, changed something. <laughs> I I really I really think that you know we we owe it to our mothers and to the women that that have helped shaped our lives to acknowledge the fact that is women's women's health you know women's history month. And um, there's a nice story in theadvocate.com that got published uh, recently that talks about some incredible LGBTQ plus women that have paved the way for for change in this country, even though it seems like we're going backwards with all of the, you know, Supreme Court rulings and this and that. But nonetheless, I just wanted to cover uh, a couple of them and and sort of kind of open it up for discussion so before i do and start reading names off your thoughts i mean yeah i I love the story and i love the fact that we have a a women's history month i mean i think about my you know growing up and the women that surrounded me a lot of them one in particular kept me alive and then i think about um my current situation, even just at work, I mean, I, uh, you know, a, a good portion of the women, um, a good portion of the people that I hired um, are women, and I lean on them so much because they're so, you know, strong and talented, and in in a lot of ways, they they enhance my skill set, enhance my ability to do my job. Um, and I can't imagine a time in which I wouldn't be able to bring somebody, um, some women that I'm surrounded with now, um, on to, you know, help me be better. I think in my personal Except opinion, for Renee, I right. <laughs> um, I think that, uh, personally it's, it's my personal opinion that men so-called rule the world because women said we just need to give them this but we need to stop doing that because we all know where the true power lies Mm -hmm. and if women were to like do what they need to do i I mean women hands down given all of the things that you've done uh in history would absolutely like dominate so that takes me back to uh my big fat greek wedding 
Oh my god, I love that. What? When I the mom that. says that I am the, the neck, the men are the head of the household, but the women are the neck. That's right. And without the neck, the head can't move. The head oh, can't move. The head would the roll. Neck, the head would the, roll. The, <laughs> the neck moves the head wherever they it want it to, to go. Move, yeah. But no, so, but to like add on. To what that, do you mean like, you don't like you don't like meat? Okay, I'll make you lamb. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love what do you that mean, movie. You mean meat? Okay, we'll make uh, lamb. Yeah. Um, no, but my it's actually become an ongoing joke that um, the girl that I hired in my department, uh, I kind of you know everybody's like, so you know what does it you know this person do? And I'm like, oh, they run my life. Pretty much, <laughs> and then to this day, like even Shana came to visit me at um, work this weekend, and uh, she asked my coworker, "Well, so what do you do here?" She's like, "Well, you know, Nick would say I run his life." <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's she she's wrong, not wrong. Like, she's not honestly, wrong. <laughs> the real boss. Anyone? I'm just the closer. Yeah, he just closes yeah, it. So, he just so for it down. women's women's heritage month. I think I. I I would like to at least mention two people. Um, one is Janice Gutierrez, who's the transgender activist who interpreted President Obama at the White House uh, event for the LGBTQ Pride Month um, <clears throat> one year. Uh, and the other one, Frida Kahlo, who is a bisexual Mexican artist. And That's right. Everybody knows Frida Kahlo. A very famous. I have a <laughs> whole bedroom, famous, yeah. literally. I have an entire, one of my bedrooms is called the Frida Kahlo room. There's pictures room. of her yeah. all over it. Um, yeah. It's very colorful. It's very. I often sleep with her. He oft, often sleeps in the room <laughs> with her, um, which is kind of scary to sort of kind of imagine, but he does. Um, but nonetheless, I do. So, yeah, two very amazing, mentionable individuals in, yep. in the women, um, within the realm of women doing amazing things and making history. Absolutely. And, and of course, we, we all say our mom, and it's true, our, our mothers have provided for us. And my mother was one who raised eight children uh, on her own, very strict, very... Uh, nurturing, but I, I mean, honestly, you alone yeah. would have been just a handful. <laughs> just, uh, just a handful. So, so uh, you know, again, you know, we all have our heroes, mm -hmm. and of course, our mothers are. Our You're own. the reason why I'm so goddamn <laughs> sick. <laughs> Probably, I might have something to do with that. Oh Lord, have mercy! All right, well, let's do the rundown really quick. Did you have something to say? I did. I had one more thing to say because okay. we're in New Haven um, or the Greater New Haven area. Um, so this week. Um, marks a really important thing, not only for the, you know, for women, but for black women. Um, circa 1638, um, the first ever recorded black female resident um, was given a street this week. And so now we have L L Lucretia Street on Orange, um, which is pretty amazing. They named a street after the first African American female to move to New Haven. Really? Yeah. Really? And, and oh wow! So wait, this is on Orange Street. So they took a section of the street and named it after her. That is my understanding. Correct. Oh, that's that's in the corner of uh, where the hat Elm store and, is. At. The corner of Elm and Orange. Uh, Elm, I saw that the other day, and I was like, "Why is there Elm and Orange?" Oh, so that's that's where the um the bank used to be, and there where there the used to be. Hat, you know where they make the fitted hats? Yes, yeah, yes, um, yes. The, backers used to be no no further. Oh, yeah, not yeah. backers. Um. Oh God, never mind. <laughs> I know it's on the corner of Orange and Elm. Yeah. Okay. But, we know, you know what it is. What I find even more interesting and jarring about this uh, article is the fact that um, 
to this day, they don't know if she had a last name. She didn't know if she had a last name. They just know her first name. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. I'm going to be like a Rihanna. I'm going to be like an Adele. I'm going to be like a Whitney. When you say my name, you're going to know exactly who I am. But I I was very proud to see um, our city honor honor that. that I I saw the sign to where Ferrucci's is at, the hat place. Right, right. It's and right I think, on that, you know, right on that corner is where I saw the uh, sign, and I was like, hmm. I, I think that for the most part, New Haven has always been a very, very progressive uh, city. Yes. Um, you know, we're a safe haven for for immigrants. We have been in the forefront of a lot of different initiatives when it comes to acceptance and and when it comes to diversity. And so it it doesn't surprise me that you know New no, Haven go out of the I, way. I, I, I um, love the fact that. that- that you know, you know, it doesn't surprise me either. Because yes, we are um, a sanctuary city. Uh, we are a progressive city for the most part. Um, but but taking taking onus and honoring these people and these moments, I think um, it's something special that New Haven continually shows up for. Right, and it makes me proud to be a New Haven resident. <clears throat> That's right. awesome. Well, sadly, I'm no longer a New Haven resident, but I sort of kind of am. You're in the greater New Haven area. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, but I feel pride. I feel I was born in New Haven, you know? I was born in New Haven at a time where in St. Raphael's they had nuns walking the halls, you know? Wow. Yeah. While my mother was birthing, she, they would come by and be like, oh, play to, pray to St. Peter, so pray hot. to this one, pray to that one. And when she would get one of the contractions, she'd be like, y'all can all go to hell. Get the fuck out of my room. <laughs> Every single one of you out. Uh, and, and I know actually just, I know we're trying to wrap it up, but on February 28th, uh, Yale Law School uh, had made herstory as they hosted the first drag entertainer to be a guest speaker at Yale University. Well, wow. They've done a lot of firsts. So, so yeah. I, I know we have a personal friend of ours who's also been on our show, um, Allison uh, Hale, uh, who actually has been a guest speaker and has worked directly with Yale to do a lot of different events and yeah. promoting um, trans rights uh, yeah. within communities all over. So, yeah, so I mean... I know uh, uh, Robin Fierce was the uh, uh, attendee guest... Good for her. So that's, you know, it's progress. It's progress. You know, and two, I don't want to walk down a wormhole because I know you want to cover this, but you brought up drag and I have to say it like the shit that I keep seeing about anti-drag brunches or anti-drag readings for kids makes me fucking insane. I even had a conversation with a family member recently where they were trying to, you know, Give me a reason as to why they wouldn't allow their child to go to, uh, uh, you know, a drag reading. And here I am looking at all of these families, mothers, fathers that put their daughters, their little kids up in these pageants and sexualize them. Mm -hmm. But we can't have a beautiful drag woman read a fucking book to somebody. Right. I mean, not to mention, I mean, if if you're worried about what drag queens can do to your kids, honestly, like, let's talk about all the guns that have killed our children in schools. There's been more murders at the hand, more murders of our children at the hands of guns and people than there have ever been. I don't think I've ever heard an instance in where a drag queen was ever mentioned or convicted of anything other than just being fabulous. 
You know, it, it's funny because um, <clears throat> you mentioned that yesterday, and, and it's a meme, and sometimes people kind of <laughs> take stuff out of context. And, you know, they, they throw religion in the mix. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine posted a picture, <laughs> and it was a picture of the portrayal of Jesus speaking to children. And they say, you're worried about drag queens speaking to children because they're dressed in drag, but here you are, a man in a dress lecturing children. Right. Mm-hmm. right? I saw that so, too. <laughs> so, and I was like, oh, kind of makes sense. But then again, you look at where all these issues are coming into hand. Yeah. I was reading recently one one of the, uh, uh, was a pastor that was convicted of child right. sex trafficking mm-hmm. and pornography and and the other one was one of the creators of these um you know how they do the concerts the christian concerts and mm-hmm. the guy the promoter the person leading it right. was recently also convicted right. of, of of child molestation and, and trafficking so come you on, have man. a 99.9999% <laughs> chance of having your child be subjected to sexual deviance in the church than you will ever at a drag reading but it I'm also it also really pisses me off because I feel like I feel like people are leaning into this for some reason right. and not only is it you know uh, pushing pushing forward the narrative that you know people in the LGBTQ plus community are sexual deviants but it's pushing forward the negative the narrative that we're also rapists and we can't be around children and and, and it makes me fucking crazy because like you said there has never been or at least never been a documented incident where a drag queen or a child that came to a you know a drag reading at a library or whatever it is had any fucking issues but had fun well here's the thing here's the thing when a child is at a drag reading they're there with their parents their parents are okay with their child being read a fairy tale that we all get read to bedtimes whatnot by drag queens it is none of your business what this parent does with their child so why the fuck would you care if it's not affecting you You don't want to bring your child don't bring your child Keep but, your child at fucking home. Keep a- them ignorant and keep them, you know, whatever you want to keep them in. But don't fuck it up for everybody else. They because- have these videos that are surfacing that right. are the problem, right? The videos of when a drag queen is doing a backflip or a death drop and their skirt flies. And then, oh, you see her undercarriage. Who gives a fuck? She's performing. You're, those kids are not looking at the fact that her her skirt went up. They're right. looking at the fact that that bitch just did a death drop or a backflip. Right. And, and not, they not to were mention, fabulous while they were doing it. In heels. Thank yeah. you. In heels. And not to mention when drag queens dress up, they're in layers. In so, layers. So nothing's not, popping yeah, out. It, nothing's popping out. There's not a lot showing. Come on. They got like 500 pair yeah. of pantyhose up in so, there. They've so got a girdle. Look, if you're looking for a bulge, for a bulge because someone is yeah. dancing and they're in drag, then you're the fucking person with the problem. Hello? You're going to find a bulge just as much as you would when you pull the pants off of Kendall and try to look for one. It's not there. You know, and I don't want to keep talking about this because I know you want to cover this story, but then I even think about the story that came out about Pete Buttigieg and this guy that I guess was a mentee of his, right? That he's claiming that Pete Buttigieg was his mentor and now he is being charged with child pornography. And so the guy came out and said, well, Pete Buttigieg was my mentor. And now everybody is... Is like looking at Pete Buttigieg. Well, 
what the fuck? He's probably a fucking, you know, sexual deviant too. And again, this is where, where and how Fox News and, you know, the, you know, non-progressive demographic is just pushing this goddamn narrative, this Trump narrative that we are all bad and we're all right. sexual deviants. Pete Buttigieg may have been his mentor, sure. But you think Pete Buttigieg was like, yeah, you should download fucking child porn and like, you know, watch it all the time? Fuck, probably not. He has kids. No. He has kids. And so right. now people are going to come after him and his kids and his his brand new family right. and investigate him. Well, well, that's the name of the game. If you're a public figure, you know, you have to, you know, know that with that comes, you know, the, the inevitable um, dealings with public accusations with issues and and people just making shit up and and all of this believe it or not is fluff that was started by ron DeSantis, right and this whole don't say gay bill that's really proliferating through a lot of different states that are trying to pass similar bills that are trying to go even further and not only banning books or banning drag queens from reading to children um you know just Overall, it's it's a very hurtful narrative that only hurts a specific demographic. And as I've always said before, I said this during the last show. I said this during previous shows before. One thing you don't want to do is fucking piss off the gay community. Because when you do, we go, we come, we step up, we fight, we unite, and change will come. This, this, I, I think that this whole negative narrative that's happening right now, um, it's going to hurt some people today, but the work that's going to come out of it and the advocacy that's going to come out of it will bring change for generations in our future. I just don't like liter- it's fucked up. It like, really is. It's 100% fucked up, but the conservatives right. are leaning so hard mm-hmm. into this whole drag queen concept and now attacking things like Pete Buttigieg for being a mentor of somebody who is accused of whatever. I mean, literally, look at who our fucking president was. Right. You know what I mean? Look at the shit that he did. Right. But that that's not a fucking problem. Grab him by the pussy. But like, But that's okay. I'm sorry. I'm just exhausted by the fucking right pushing. Like, don't get me wrong. You all know. Yes, I'm a Democrat, but I have conservative conservative leanings. I'm, but I am so fucking sick of people feeding into it, including family members, including people that like support us and care about us. Where do they get this information from? Right. Some of the things that we have to acknowledge too is the fact that the media both leftist and rightist are really pushing to bring these stories like in your face. They're constantly talking about it. Don't give them the time of motherfucking day. Let the story die out by them constantly just like regurgitating. This is happening. This is happening. Don't get me wrong. It is important to know what it is that's happening around you, right? The world around you. But when, Dumpty Dump over here decides that he's going to announce to run for it. Don't fucking cover it. We know he announced it. You can put it in a blurb somewhere. He's running again. Don't give him a pulpit. Mm-hmm. Don't give him a microphone. The same thing with these bigoted motherfucking assholes. Like, you know, whether you are 
MSNBC or Fox News or CNN or this other one, they're literally playing this shit on replay, on repeat, and constantly putting these words out there. Like, I'm like, all right, I don't want to hear him. Yeah, I just feel like it's getting worse and worse because, you know... It's in your face. Well, now, you know, I think, you know, the conservatives feel like, oh, fuck, we lost because now marriage equality is law of the land. Like, literally, it's law of the land. And so let's find any way we can to make them look like fucking right. shit. But again, as I mentioned before, fuck with the community yeah, and the community to, comes forward. One step forward, two step back. But honestly, it, it's starting to really it's piss frust- me. It's, it's frustrating. It's starting to piss me off because not only is it affecting our community as a whole, right. but it's starting to seep into um, my personal relationships and I'm seeing people react to information that they're being fed that's factually in fucking correct. All right. Well, I mean, Trish, here's the thing. We call you Trish on the show. I'm sorry. I haven't called you Trish in a long time. Take my soapbox. She's on. No, my thing is this. She's got her high heels on. All you can do (laughs) as an individual is say what what you're speaking are lies. Here is the truth. And if they refuse to listen, you've done your part. Don't let these people take your peace. Don't let these people rattle your cage. You have to be strong because there it's going to come a time and where we have to fight. And girl, that's why I have this platform. I, I, you know, I'm fine. I'm reserved. I know how to fucking handle it when it comes up. But yeah. when I get a chance, I'm gonna voice my opinion. And honestly, I'm fucking pissed off. Okay. <laughs> I agree. I agree. One hundred percent. Um, okay, so we did promise you it, it is no. <laughs> Women's History Month. Sorry. So um, I, I'm just going to you know, talk about a couple of names. Some of these Please. names are very endearing, and you'll instantly recognize them, like our first one, astronaut Sally Ride. Of course, she was a physicist and an astronaut. Sally Ride was the first American woman in space. As a physics student of uh, Stanford, uh, Ride answered a newspaper ad for female astronauts and became only one of six women picked. She flew on the space shuttle in 1983 and in 1984, controlling the robotics arms and tools that places satellites in space. After she left NASA, Ride taught at the University of California in San Diego, and upon her death in 2012, her obituary reveals that she had been in a relationship with a woman, uh, Tam O'Shaughnessy, for 27 years. Ride, Sally, ride. That's right. right. Is that is that song based on? It? I think so. Yeah. Ah, probably. Okay. And uh, next up is uh, model spy and. Arts patron Toto Koopman, born uh, to Indonesian and Dutch parents in 1908, Toto Koopman flew in the face of racist attitudes at a time when embracing her mixed race heritage uh, was pretty much shunned. The earlier known Vogue cover model Koopman was um, was known to be a bisexual woman, was also an in-house model for Coco Chanel during World War II. She fell in love with a man in, in, in the Italian Renaissance resistance. Re- resistance and helped to carry out espionage missions. Nice. You better work, Miss Koopman. Uh, next up uh, is playwright Lorraine Hansberry. Uh, another woman um, making LGBTQ plus history. Um, she is often uh, tackled the intersection of feminism and LGBTQ rights long before many thought to do so. <clears throat> Philanthropist and art patron uh, Winneretta Singer. Uh, 
is another one on this list. I'm going to post this list on tonight's episode so you guys can click on it and read up on these amazing women. Uh, journalist Lorena Hickok um, was another one on this list. Um, Edith Eide uh, is another one on here. Uh, nurse Florence Nightingale. Like the most famous nurse in all of history, Florence Nightingale was working as a nurse in London when she learned of deplorable condition deplorable conditions six soldiers faced during uh, the Crimean War in the 1850s. At the behest of the Secretary of War, Sidney Herbert, Nightingale was asked uh, with forming was tasked with forming a team of nurses to help tend to the soldiers in Crimea. She pulled together a team of nearly 40 nurses and set off to uh, Scrutari, where she helped vastly improve the sanitary conditions of the infirmary there. Nightingale never married, but she was reportedly completely devoted to various women in her life, including her cousin, that's like uh, Marianne Nicholson, about whom she wrote, I have never loved but one person with passion in my life, and that was her. You better work. Los primos se primen. Kissing cousins. Uno más. Athlete and professional golfer Babe uh, Didrikson. Uh, she, let's see, did. Didrikson married wrestler George Zeharius in 1938. She became very close with and rumored to be in a relationship with fellow golfer Betty Dodd. At 45, she died of colon cancer. Rest in peace, honey. Uh, politician Barbara Jordan uh, is also on the list. Uh, building manager, artist, and activist Louise Lawrence uh, this one is pretty interesting. A building manager by trade in San Francisco in the 1940s, Louise Lawrence, a trans woman, was also an artist and activist who helped build um, helped build a correspondence network of trans people that became the basis for the Transvestia magazine subscription list. Lawrence also corresponded with Dr. Alfred Kinsley, introducing him to trans people for his studies. She also lived with her female partner for many years before she died at the age of 63. And of course, um, some, you know, a lot of people have talked about this next individual um, because of the fact that she was the first lady of the United States of America, the longest serving first lady in history. Eleanor Roosevelt, I believe he served for three and a half terms, the president, and her as a first lady, worked to change the position during her husband's, uh, her husband, Franklin D. Roosevelt's four terms in office. A politician and diplomat as first lady, she performed the duties of playing hostess, but also held press conferences and delivered radio dresses and lectures. After Franklin's death in 1945, Roosevelt waited about a year before becoming an American spokesperson for the United Nations and carried on with her career until her death in 1962. The first lady met AP journalist Lorena Hickok in the 1930s, which I believe we just mentioned a couple of names ago, uh, in the 1930s, and the pair maintained an ardent relationship for several years and over many, many love letters. It is uh, noted here, um, quote, Hick, darling, all all day I've thought of you and another birthday when um, I will be with you. And yet tonight you sounded so far away and formal. Oh, 
I want to put my arms around you. I ache to hold you close. Your ring, your ring is a great comfort. I look at it and think she does love me or I wouldn't be wearing it. Mm-hmm. And the only other thing to mention about her uh, before we wrap this up is that um, a lot of people don't know that she, for a long time when FDR was sick, she was kind of running everything. Of course. Um, Again. Know, yeah, he, as the you know figurehead, as the man, um, was still the president, but she was she pulling was all neck. the strings. Yeah. She was that neck. If it wasn't for women, yep. men would be nowhere. They wouldn't even know how to press those fucking pants before they went to work. Well, anyway, there's a lot more on this list, of course, of women who have made amazing history. We'll put it on tonight's post so that um, you can uh, read up on it. But I just want to take a moment and acknowledge the fact that it is Women's uh, Women's History Month because it is amazing. Preach. Preach, girl, preach. Anyway, that being said, uh, we are done for tonight's episode, so we are going to wrap it up. I'm going to toss it over to my girl, Trish, so that we can go ahead and jump into Mama Kim's Minute. You want your love, girl? All right, everybody. Here's Mama Kim's Minute. Number one. My hair. I know. (laughs) Number one, Pedro Pascal posted pride flag photos, and the internet went wild. Number two, jewelry store owners clapped back at anti-LGBTQ plus lawmakers with Say Gay stickers. Number three, a song of love and courage for Grandpa Ray, American Idol 2023. I know. I was watching you watch that video, and she was like almost in tears, (laughs) this one. Oh, it was pretty. Yeah, it it was was pretty emotional. Awesome. So, all right, tossing it over to you, my dear friend Jay, on this day. In gay history, brought to you by Gay Talk 20 at GayTalk20.com. Look at him. <laughs> I'm afraid. Uh, I'm, so, I'm March 8th, 1970 is the year we speak of. Where? New York City. The New York City police raid a gay bar. 167 patrons are arrested at the Snake Pit. One of them, Diego Vinales of Argentina, so feared the possibility of deportation that he leapt from the second story window of the police station, impaling himself on the spikes of the iron fence. He survived, though firemen were forced to cut out a section of the fence with Vinales still screwed onto, skewered. skewered. Skewered or screwed as well. (laughs) Pretty much. Depends on how you land. (laughs) Skewered on it. In order to move him to the hospital while the the charges against the other patrons are still dropped, Vinales was rebooked for resisting arrest. How could he have been resist? Oh, well, I guess he jumped out of a window. Jumped out of a precinct. Skewered. Screwed. Can I just say that that is dark? That is dark. Uh Um, But the other one. Which one? The other option today, it would have, no. No. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So I'm appreciative, and all I can say is, like, he was skewered, and he was screwed. screwed. Um, But he survived. But he survived. (laughs) He survived. And um, Argentina strong. Do you think that he's, he might need some dilators at this point, or are we good? Probably not. Oh, Lord have mercy. (laughs) <laughs> okay, Mr. J. And we move on to our announcements. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcasting service. By subscribing, you get the latest and greatest of our show delivered right to your favorite device or web browser as soon as the episode is published. You can also support us on Patreon. With Patreon, you are 
beautiful listeners can help to support the show with a pledged donation. The donations are collected monthly and can be be of any denomination of a dollar or more. All right, Trish, good right. luck. Yeah, so, all right, thank you um, to our guest, Dr. Evan Goldstein, for joining us on today's episode. As always, we love seeing your beautiful face. Mm. Um, and don't forget, you can get the Future Method and all other products today. All products are doctor-developed, clean you can clean out without hurting your bum. Take confidence anywhere the anal powder with the anal powder packs and now increase your stretch goals with the three-piece anal glass dilation kit. Clearly I rewrote that today. Visit futuremethod.com to purchase your life-changing bum your life-changing bum accessories today. You got this. Use or share code GTFM and you can receive or give 10% off on all purchases through March 31st, not including bundled subscriptions. All right. And again, the code is GTFM. FM. You nailed it. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) You tried. And as always, it is time to put a ring on it. Maybe we should stick a dildo in it. Maybe, yeah. Maybe yeah. we can dilate it today. today <laughs> Go for it. It's time to put a. It's time to put a dilator in. Come it. on, King. Exactly. <laughs> and our show is available on our website, GayTalk20.com, under audio podcast. It is also available as a free download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. All right, you can find us on social social media: Facebook Gay Talk 2.0, Instagram Gay Talk 2.0. You can email us at GayTalk 2.0 at GayTalk20.com. Tom. I hope you do better than I did. All right. Well, ladies and gents, uh, if you need to reach out to us, just head on over to our website. Click on the Contact Us tab. There you can leave comments, suggest topics, submit a question for the cast or an individual host. You can also call us and leave us your voice mess, uh, your questions via voice message. Our phone number is 334-GAY-TALK. And if you need all of those digits, it is 334-429-8255. Don't forget, we're streaming live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can access that live stream by visiting gaytalk20.com forward slash live stream. Oh, excuse me. That was a mouthful. My mouth just got juicy. I want to thank you all for joining us on today's episode. That is our show. Thank you, and y'all have a good night. Bye! Thank you for listening to this episode of Gay Talk 2.0. Tune in next time for more Dish.